Hi, I'm Beth. I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 47. After our weekly segments, we are going to talk about our sleep journey with our own kids. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all of the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Welcome, Andrea. Hi, Beth. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I want to apologize to our listeners because I said that last week's episode was number 47 and it was just (laughs) too much effort to try to go in and change it. So we now sounds like that we have two episode 47s if you're listening, but they are tagged right, like titled right and all of that. So episode 47B. That's right. That's right. And there's no 46. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, they're all still there, and they're listed correctly. It's just in the audio. It's like, wait a minute. If you're listening to these back-to-back, they both say 47. But they're both about sleep, so it kind of works. Exactly. Totally. Makes sense. Any updates to share this week? Any updates? Um, I don't think so. I feel like our life's been kind of boring lately, which is good, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm redoing my office. That's exciting. Yeah. It's like this terrible... You've seen the color, like pastel green. I don't even know how to describe it. It's so ugly. And so I feel like it kills my inspiration and creativity. So that's my excuse to redo it. So what color are you going with? A white. Nice. I like clean and white. Yeah. And I got this really pretty cream shag rug that I'm super excited about, which I'm going to plug a company here. I would want to like be their spokesperson and I don't make any money by selling for them. We will make zero money if you buy from this link that we will post, but everyone should buy from them. Um, I may have already even talked about them. They're called Ruggable and the rugs you, it's like a, almost like a giant Velcro pad. And then you lay down like the top layer of it on top of it. So you can pull it off and machine wash it. It's like, The most amazing thing if you have children and they look really nice. Um, Like no one really, you know, they don't look weird or anything. And the, um, the top layer is, I think the top layer ends up being cheaper than the bottom layer. And so it's like, if you get sick of your design, you can just change out the top layer, you know, for not that expensive. And they're not that expensive. Like a five by seven, I think is like 200 bucks or something like that. It's nothing crazy. That's awesome. No more than a normal rug. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, when we had our dog, she, like, full-on peed, like, two gallons of water. I mean, pee on our rug. And they're waterproof, so it didn't soak through. And, like, if anybody has a dog that has peed on a rug before, you know that smell does not come out, like, ever. Um, And it smells great. Like, we just washed it, and it was totally fine. So I got this like cream shag version of it that's super cute and I don't have to worry about it like getting stained because it's like stain resistant, waterproof, and they don't have like weird chemicals on them somehow. I don't know how it works, but I don't ask questions. (laughs) You just buy the rug. You don't ask questions. I like it. So ruggable if you're listening. You've got a spokeswoman right here. I will like never buy another rug. Like we need an eight by 10 for our family room. I'm like, it's got to be ruggable. Like not even an option. (laughs) Like. So yeah, and they have tons of different colors and size. All right, I'm done promoting for this company. <laughs> really fine. I'm trying to think updates for me. Well, I tried to run a whole infant massage course, 
but I don't think I did enough like ahead of time marketing. So I had one person sign up, which Mm -hmm. I'm still doing it with that one person and it's going wonderfully and it's working really well and it's just a private session instead of a group instruction and I was a little bummed about it, but I learned a lot in the experience. So I'm kind of excited about that too. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's awesome that one person signed up. That's a start. I feel like when we know something is so awesome, like infant massage, you're like, why wouldn't everybody just instantly want to sign up for this? And so we don't think to market as much. At least that would be me. Well, yeah. And and the other thing is I'll talk to people about it and they'll say, oh my gosh, that sounds awesome. And they're so interested. So I need Mm -hmm. to go then talk to these people that told me that they were interested and say, hey, what was the barrier? Was it the schedule? Mm -hmm. Was it the cost? Was it the, you know, what was the barrier of it? So I'm excited to be able to learn, you know, learn a little bit more about that and kind of figure that out. Awesome. I love that. So how about our real mom moment of the week? Andrea, do you have a real mom moment this week? Yeah, mine is totally not realizing that I needed to switch my child out of his infant car seat. He's 18 months old, he's 19 months old. (laughs) My husband was like, I think we need to like take him out. And I was like, we have like the Chico Keef at 30. And I was like, I thought he was good until 30 pounds. He's like, no, 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 it's 30 inches or 30 pounds. I was like, oh, (laughs) to be fair, he like still kind of fit in it. He was like, when my husband said that he was 29 and a half inches and that I think he had a growth spurt. So now I definitely think he's over 30 inches, but I was like, I wouldn't have caught that had not been for my husband. <laughs> so oops. We did the same thing with my daughter cause she's a skinny mini. So weight wise, she was totally fine, but I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. she was about 31 inches by the time we ended up switching her out of it. It was yeah. like, Oh wait, let's look at this. Oh, it's cause it's not the key fit 30. So I don't know mm-hmm. what the exact numbers were, but I was like, Oh, she's past that. Let's <laughs> oh, go. Good. The only Order one. Her bips. You are not the only one. I told my sister and she's like, how is he still in that car seat? I was like, I don't, cause it was hers. I was like, I don't know. I was like, he's really small. <laughs> he fits fine. Like his legs hang out a little bit, but other than that, he's good. <laughs> awesome. What's your real mom moment of the week? So my real mom moment is a little bit, well, it's It's going to be, it's a little, re, it's, it's, Yeah, I'm just going to say it. So I possibly am trying to figure out if I'm struggling with some postpartum depression. I am talking to my husband and my friends and looking into therapies and things like that. And I just, I feel so great a lot of the time. But then I have other moments where I am just, I feel so isolated and so alone. And I wanted to share on the podcast because... I feel like it's something that's hard to sometimes talk about. It's sometimes something that's hard to admit. So, and I, part of me, part of my healing with it is kind of being real and true about it. And I think a lot of it comes down to at this point with my first, I went back to work and I was working and I had great coworkers and I had a group of people. So now that I'm kind of an entrepreneur and contractor, I don't have daily interaction with coworkers. I am, get together with friends once or twice a week, which is more than I've gotten together with friends ever before. But those like two hour blocks of seeing people once or twice a week is still, I I was talking to one of my friends, I was like, I feel like I get such a high from being with them. And then I crash afterwards. So I'm like trying to figure out how to stay kind of up where I am with them. So I just wanted to share that because that's kind of my real mom realization this week was like, oh, 
this could be this could be something and this is something that I need to keep an eye on and to watch out for and I don't really want to like bring down the episode because um, that's not but but I think it's just really important to be honest and to be sharing because I feel like a lot of times somebody had said to me well you seem like things are going really well I was like well we all post the good stuff on social media and we always talk about the good stuff so I just wanted to because this is a real mom moment that's what I wanted to to mention today well thank you so much for sharing that and that sounds really hard I think being that like feeling of loneliness is I don't know one of like the toughest things of motherhood or even just I mean I think I'm sure all you know women have or all people have experienced that too but I think especially in motherhood so I'm sure so many people appreciate you sharing that so thank you for that you're welcome yeah and I think a lot of it is like well how am I lonely I am never actually alone you know Mm -hmm. I'm with baby all the time or my older daughter my you know my family and then I work but it's like no it's that sense of community which we just don't get in our society as much anymore uh and I don't know if you feel this way but I feel like being kind of like part-time stay-at-home mom part-time working almost like I love it I feel like it's the best of both worlds but also the worst of both worlds so I don't have coworkers that I see on a day-to-day basis that I could socialize with or bond with. And then I also don't have like the regular like mom's club group things that I can do on a week, you know, everyday basis or mm-hmm. more often basis because I'm like bouncing from here to there, just kind of trying to piece it together. Yes, totally. Especially the mom's club thing. It's like, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, it's like you're not really accepted fully anywhere, you know? Um, exactly. So yeah, I totally get that for sure. <laughs> All right. So after that, I want to go on to our tip of the week. And it's a total, my tip this week is a total change around from my real mom moment. I know sometimes they're together, but my tip this week is to have business cards always. And, you know, even if, I mean, even if you don't think that your job or your business will carry over to something, you should just always have them on hand. Here I was like promoting this new business and I realized I had three business cards left. And I like to order them from this special site, so I wasn't going to get them the next day. I mean, I could have just gone to Walgreens or something like that and just printed them out and gotten them in a day. But I really like um, I, I really like this one site. We've been using them almost ever since they opened. It's called Moo.com, and they just make really high-quality business cards, and I, and I really enjoy them. So I now have my new business cards, but just have business cards have them available even if it's like your name and your like email address or something you know someone's like oh my gosh I love that you made that and you were never going to make something a business but you're like you know what I did and if you want one just give me a call and people will buy stuff from you yeah totally it was so funny I met a mom yesterday at a a mom at a rare mom's club thing I was able to go to and we were talking and you know and I was like, oh, she asked if, you know, I worked. And then I asked her back and she was like, oh, no, I'm a full-time mom. But then in our talking, she started talking about how she, like, helps mom with moms with budgeting and getting out of debt. And I was like, wait, so you you do work? And she's like, oh, well, yeah. And she, But it was just so interesting that, like, she, you know, I was like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes when we have, like, our own, like, side gig or whatever, you, like, don't want to say it's a business. And it's like, no, dude, you, you're an entrepreneur. Like, say it, you know, have cards, whatever. Anyway, so I love that. <laughs> um, my tip of the week goes along with this episode. So I'll talk about it a little bit more in the episode. But um, it is when baby is crying, 
practice your like deep breathing and like almost like meditative breathing. I use that time to just practice my breath and it is so helpful. I love it. Um, You mentioned it, I feel like briefly on the episode, on a couple episodes ago, because we really only talk when we're, when we're recording. Right. So, uh, and I started doing that with when I'm putting my daughter down, like, it's like, you know, if I take deep breaths and so, yeah, we'll talk more about it and we'll segue into our topic for sleep this week. So we had Cassandra on last week and we learned a lot of different things. We got to answer a ton of different questions. So thank you all that shared questions. But this week we wanted to talk about our own experiences because we feel like sometimes it's helpful to hear what other people have done and has it worked well. And I thought maybe if there were, um, for me, there were some tips that she mentioned that I've already previously tried that have worked well for me. So I thought I'd share some of those as well. So how do you want to do this, Andrea? Do you want me to start talking? Do you want to go first? Uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, I can go. Okay. That's cool. Sounds- go for it. <laughs> as I was telling Beth, it was perfect timing for this episode since Remy slept terribly last night. So I was actually trying to look back and be like, when did our sleep issue start? Because I feel like in the first few weeks, he slept great. And so I found, I reached out to Eliza Parker, if anyone isn't, interest, um, anyone isn't familiar with her. She's like a pretty well-known, aware baby sleep consultant. And so I found my email to her, and that was at 10 weeks. So that means that they started early, because <laughs> clearly I was already reaching out for help then. I also like to be very proactive about things. So I think I was also reaching out for like, I don't want this to turn into a bigger issue. Like I don't want to wait it out. So, um, and also oh, I know the other reason I reached out to her is because he was having this like back arching thing that almost seemed like it was preventing him from sleeping. Like he kept arching his back and it was getting in the way of like nursing and then him like almost like calming down at night. And she had mentioned something about back arching on her website um, being something that you wanted to look into. So I re- yeah, reached out to her. And she helped a ton. Um, we, she did, you know, the aware parenting thing, which we've talked about in other episodes. So you can go back to that, but it really is about allowing them to cry and feel their emotions and process their emotions while in your arms or, you know, while you are very present with them. And she also gave us a bunch of other like exercises and like birth processing to do, which helped a lot with the arching, which I feel like tied in directly to the sleep. So I don't know if, you know, had we just done the aware baby thing, if it would have worked without the other stuff, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like they were really linked together. Uh, And then the other thing was, since he was like, when he was younger, was falling asleep on his own pretty well. It was like staying asleep. That was an issue. We just like never really put him on a schedule. It was just kind of like, you know, nurse, whatever. And then sleep when you fall asleep. And then you're awake when you awake. And so at four months, we were like, oh, you're not going to sleep. You are now like not sleeping very much at all. So we got him on a schedule. And I recommend you can just like Google like baby's recommended nap schedule. And we would just follow like random ones like that, that we followed online. Um, And in terms of like time that we're putting him to bed. So, I mean, we would just have, you know, a good month here or there, like a good week here and there, I should say. And then like he would regress. And I just remember you know, I was working with Eliza at the time and it's like a lot of the things worked and then it just like wasn't helping all the way. We were still having so many issues. We were never able to go without the pacifier. Like that was one of the big aware baby things is no pacifier, but like he would just scream and scream and scream and scream for like hours. And it was like, all right, 
it's, it would get to the point where he would be so overtired and it's like, he hasn't slept in the past, you know, 24 hours. Um, so, and it's like, you would like touch a pacifier to his lip. Like I could even like touch his lip with my finger and he would like instantly fall asleep. So I was like, you know what? I don't know what this is, but like I'm using the pacifier. So we have used a pacifier ever since and have not nixed that one yet. But I just want to say that, like, I'm, I don't know, I feel like the reason I wanted to do this episode is because you hear these recommendations and you get these recommendations and they're great, but sometimes they just don't transfer to real life. And I think some of that not transferring is also like what you as a parent can tolerate and put up with. Like, to me, sleep is so important and crucial that it didn't make sense for him to be going like a week with like barely, you know, barely getting like half of the recommended sleep for a baby. Like I was like, at this point, I don't care that he is relying on a pacifier. You know, they're, I forget what they call it in aware um, parenting, but it's like, I don't care. I just want him to sleep <laughs> like, and for my own sake too, but also for his own health. So we stopped co-sleeping around six months and he actually did really great at first. Like putting him in his crib was like the best thing ever for everybody because I don't know. He was just so disruptive at night. I didn't want to end up like nursing on demand. And I felt like you couldn't, I don't know. I felt like I couldn't not nurse on demand when he was co-sleeping. It just seemed like way too hard of a thing. So, um, he did great. And then he had another regression. And at this point, anyone who said the word sleep regression, I wanted to like punch them in the face. Cause I was like, there is always a sleep regression. Like literally you can look up like whatever age your baby is and type in sleep regression. And they're going to, there's going to be a sleep regression. Like it was so annoying. I was like, this isn't, this is just like constant bad sleep. <laughs> so people know you are not alone. So for us, I could like go on and on about our story. I could actually have it all written out, but I'm just realizing this is going to go really long. <laughs> so um, I wanted to talk about some things that really helped us because we do have lots of like seven to seven nights where he will sleep for like, you know, the whole full 12 hours and sometimes even longer. Um, and they'll like go for like a week or two and he'll be really great. And then sometimes, you know, he just will wake up like once and go back to sleep on his own. Or we just have to go in there for like, you know, a minute or two when he's fine. And then other nights, like last night, he just screams for three hours and we have no idea why. Um, so things that helped us a lot was one, always we stick to our schedule. Like it doesn't matter if he's sleeping terribly. Like today, since he didn't sleep well last night, like I might put him down 15 minutes earlier for his nap, but we're going to stick to our schedule. Like we try not to mess with it. Um, and I think it allows for like when everything does kind of fall into place, right. Then he just like goes right back into the normal schedule. So I don't know. I'm very, very diligent about it unless they're like, I think maybe we've, you know, missed a nap or something, you know, twice because of like an event or we've been out. But other than that, we, I make sure I'm home for the nap. And sometimes you don't always get the nap um, or especially when he was younger, he like refused to nap, but we would sit in the room at least and have it be dark with him. So that was like, okay, this is still nap time, even if you're not sleeping. Um, the other thing is, is when we were going from co-sleeping, like I feel like a lot of people try to like go from co-sleeping to night weaning and like going in their crib like all at once. And to me that just seemed like way too much of a tra- uh, of a change. So I just like worked out in my head what I felt like made sense to me. And I was like, okay, you know, if I can't 
if he can't fall asleep in my arms without me rocking him, then like, how is he supposed to fall asleep in a crib by himself? Like to me, that just seemed like a huge leap. So I made sure that, and I was actually, we were pretty good about this from a young age that we really try not to rock or bounce much at all. So it's like, okay, yeah, he's, he can fall asleep now in my arms without any extra like propping or things like that. Well, minus the pacifier. Um, and then it's like, once he could do that, it's like, okay, so now he's sleeping comfortably in the crib and like, he's doing well with that. All right. So let's now wean down a little bit. Um, and so now I'm only going to feed him twice per night. And then I went down to, I'm only going to feed him if he wakes between two to 5am because it just meant that he was getting like at least three hours of sleep, um, on each side or be- between feedings. And cause I would have like a, a later, you know, bedtime feed. So if he didn't wake up, I didn't wake him up. And then if he did wake up for a while, I would feed him. And then I was like, okay, now I'm confident. He's clearly slept through the night a few times. Like I'm confident he can go without that. And so, you know, we would take that out. And like I said, in last week's episode, one of my big things was he was so tiny that I was scared to night wean him, even though my pediatrician said it was fine. But he wouldn't eat very many solids during the day. But once we did just night wean him, all of a sudden, like, he just ate way more during the day. So, like, feeding him more didn't work. It was just, like, taking away the food at night that made him eat more during the day. So, whatever. you could. I think the other thing is, is you can always go back. Like if, you night, like, if you night wean and things go terribly and you do it for three or four days or a week, and you're like, this is horrible. Like, then just start feeding them again. Like, that was my thing in my head. I was like, whatever. Worst case, if he starts withering away, I can just feed him again. Like, it's okay. Um, and then when we first transitioned to the crib... We went in as often as possible if he started crying, not fussing, but if he was crying, because I was like, okay, this is like a brand new space, a brand new room, a brand new thing. Like, I want him to know that when he's in here, he isn't like alone, like that we can come in. So after I felt comfortable with that, that's when I, you know, we then extended it out a little bit longer. But really, even now, we won't let him cry for just more than like two, maybe up to five minutes. Honestly, that would be like if he's kind of on and off crying. Um, just because we don't feel comfortable with that and we'd rather just be in there with him. Um, I think the other thing that helps is just explaining like our bedtime routine as we're going through it, explaining as we're putting him down. I explain like like almost every night I'll be like, okay, baby, like I'm walking out. We're just right in the other room. You just let us know if you need us and we can come in and get you. Um, just because I think it helps him know that he's not alone. So the other thing, one more thing that really helped was energy work. So when we had a really, 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 really rough patch, um, seeing an energy worker like literally like solved it that day. Like he hadn't been sleeping for like six or eight weeks and we saw energy worker and then he like slept through the night for like two months and it was amazing. Um, so energy work is awesome. I will do it on him myself too when he's having bad nights. I'll probably see if I can do some today since... (laughs) he's been having a few bad nights. Um, and then, Oh, just kidding. One more thing. Then lastly is paying attention to our days. And if we're going to like a bunch of new places and busy places, things like that, that definitely disrupts his sleep, especially more earlier on. So it sounds like the things that were really helpful for you were kind of working with Eliza Parker and introducing the aware Parker, um, aware Parker, (laughs) aware parenting (laughs) strategies, sticking to a schedule and energy work. And then I feel like the other bottom line too, which is something that I found was paying attention to your child's needs and realizing that a pacifier is something that your kid needed. Um, 
And I think that's really important to to be able to pay attention to to the things that your child needs. So that kind of sum, summarize the three things that were were really big for you. Yeah, and sticking to a schedule. I really stand by that one. I'm like I'm so curious, you know, it's like I think if we didn't have a schedule, like I'm not sure if like when we did the energy work and when we really like are very attentive to, attentive to his needs and whatnot. Like, I don't know if sleeping would go as well. Like, I feel like it's able to fall into place when things are going really right because our schedule is so, like, we're very kind of, like, strict about it. I mean, we're not crazy. It's, like, somewhere between, like, 6.45 and 7.15 he's in bed. Um, but, yeah, I highly, highly suggest a schedule and find one that works. Like sometimes there's like some of the recommendations it was really good to have the recommended times, but that's like, he switched to one nap way earlier than most will suggest. And like a lot of the suggestions from sleep consultants is to try to get them back on two naps. And like that did not work for us at all. Anytime we would try to wake him up from his first nap, he then would not sleep for a second nap. Whereas if we just let him sleep, he'd sleep for like, he'd take like a three and a half hour nap. So we just tried to like then shove it back later in the day. So he wasn't up from like noon to seven, but, um, cause he was like, we were putting him down at like nine for his like first nap. And then he was just taking one long three hour nap. So I think finding what works for you, but also, I don't know. I think being aware of like what baby sleep needs are. I think it's easy to be like, oh, well, my baby just doesn't take naps. Like I hear that a lot. And I'm like, I get that because my baby did not take naps for like, or did not nap well for like months, but we still like stuck to a schedule because biology says they need naps. Sorry. Like it's something is, you know, keep trying new things. I know it's annoying. I, I trust me. I know it is annoying as hell, <laughs> but like they do need to sleep. And there's just something that's off either about their schedule, about their room, about something. I don't know what it is and it might take a lot of time to figure it out, but they need to, I don't know. I think the balancing that like what works for your child and like what biology calls for is really important. If that makes sense. I think that makes perfect sense. So we are going to split this into two episodes so that you're not listening to an hour of us talking. So I'm going to cut us off here and say that that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we're going to hear from Beth's story, uh, that's me, on sleep. And follow us on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Pizza Real Eats and Andrea at Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.